So you're a StoryCorps podcast subscriber. I'm going to assume that you love great stories. So you should check out NPR's Planet Money. It's full of funny, insightful stories about how the world works, like what if everybody knew what everybody else made, or the psychology of a big red button. Find Planet Money now at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. Hello, and welcome to this Halloween episode of the StoryCorps podcast. I'm Michael Garofalo, and I'm sitting here with our lead producer, Jasmine Belcher-Morris. Hey, Michael. So today we've got two stories that are related to Halloween. The first one happened 20 years ago. Yeah, the weekend of Halloween in 1995. It was in San Francisco. Jeanette Fennell and her husband were coming home from a night out with friends. And they had their nine-month-old baby, Alex, with them. You know, they were older parents. This was their first child. They were having a really good night. And then they pulled into their garage. As the garage door was closing, two armed men appeared. They were wearing Halloween masks. Yeah, so Jeanette's initial reaction was, it's Halloween. They're in the wrong garage. But they forced the couple into the trunk of their car and then drove away. The last Jeanette and her husband knew, Alex, the nine-month-old, was still in his car seat. So now it's 20 years later. Alex is now a college student, and he sat down at StoryCorps with his mom, Jeanette, to talk about how they survived. As we're going through the streets of San Francisco with us in the trunk of the car, we had no idea what they had done with you. Your dad was closest to the back seat, and I kept saying, can you hear him? But we couldn't hear anything. Did you feel like this could potentially be life-ending? You do think, this may be my last day on Earth. And there is this need to survive. So with all the power and adrenaline I could muster up, I just started pulling a bunch of wires. I didn't know necessarily what they were for, but I thought it probably had something to do with the brake lights. And maybe a car behind us would notice something was wrong. But nobody saw it. And Dad said to me, I don't know what's going to happen, but know that I love you. We were basically saying our last goodbyes. At that point, they stopped the car. They took all of our money and ATM cards, and they said to us through the trunk, if this isn't the right PIN number, we're going to come back and kill you. And that was kind of calming to me because we gave them the right PIN number, and that meant they were leaving. So here we are, all alone, inside of a blackened trunk. And where I had pulled all those wires, I saw a little piece of silver metal. And I said to my husband, I think I found the trunk release. He pulled the cable, and the trunk opened right up. I go to the back seat, and there was no baby. And that's when I really lost it. But... An officer that had gone to our home found you. You were just out in front of our house all alone in your car seat. And the most important part is you weren't hurt. I don't even want to begin to think what could have been if we didn't get our baby back. And it's not a cliche to say that your life can change in the matter of one second. And you choose what you want to do with that life-changing second. 
That's Jeanette Fennell with her son Alex, remembering the night she was kidnapped 20 years ago, just before Halloween. The kidnappers have never been caught, but Jeanette went on to devote herself to improving car safety. So if you've ever noticed in the trunk of your car, there's a little glow-in-the-dark handle that you can pull, and it's actually a trunk release. And that's all thanks to Jeanette. Also, if you look at the power windows in your car, the reason those are child-safe is because of her. And those rear-view backup cameras that are pretty standard in cars now, that was also her. So the Fennel story is actually really a scary story, but now we're going to go to something a bit more fun. Yeah, so the Fennels, I, I guess you could call them unlikely escape artists, but you know, when you think of an escape artist, who do you think of? Houdini. Yeah, exactly. And did you know that Houdini died on Halloween? Well, I do now. <laughs> yeah, so in addition to being, you know, a famous magician, he also worked really hard to debunk mediums, spiritualists, basically proving them as frauds. So he made this pact with his wife, Bess. He said, if I die first, hold a seance for 10 years, and I'll try to come back and communicate with you from the dead. If I don't come back in 10 years, this is impossible. So she does the seance for 10 years to no success. So she gives up. That's when Sid Radner enters the story. Sid Radner was an amateur magician, and he just continued where Houdini's wife had left off. And he conducted these seances every Halloween for decades. Now, Sid Radner died in 2011, but before he did, he sat down for a StoryCorps interview to talk about these seances. So thanks to the magic of radio, we're going to now hear Sid Radner from Beyond the Grave. Houdini died in 26, and his wife tried to contact him on the anniversary of his death for 10 years. Well, at that point, she said 10 years was long enough to wait for any man, so she stopped. I do not believe that Houdini can come back to me or to anyone. The Houdini shrine has burned for 10 years. I now turn out the light. Good night, Harry. I started doing seances in the 30s. And as a matter of fact, I own the trademark, the name official Houdini seance. Usually there could be 8, 10, 12 people, and you sit around and hold hands, concentrate, and wait to see if you get some contact from Houdini. One time, the medium asked for Houdini to make his presence known, and a gal standing around, her beads broke and fell on the floor. Another time, a book fell down off a shelf. We had some strange things happen. If I can't contact Houdini, and I've been trying for many, many years, maybe that can't be done. But if it does come, I want to be there. Believe me. That's Sid Radner in Holyoke, Massachusetts, recorded in 2010. And Jasmine, you were actually there for that recording, and you recorded it in Sid's house. Yes. <laughs> and his house, unbeknownst to me at the time, was this treasure trove of Houdini artifacts. There are rooms filled with cardboard boxes that are just full 
of handcuffs, rusty handcuffs and keys. They're all Houdinis. These, so these are the, the cuffs that he would use in his performances. Yes. And, you know, photographs and programs and old posters from Houdini's shows. How did he get all that stuff? Sid was actually a protege of Houdini's brother. His name was Hardeen, and he was also an escape artist, magician. And over the years, Sid just acquired all of Houdini's stuff. So Sid was a magician himself. Yeah, he was. And he showed me a few tricks. Unfortunately, he was in his 90s and moved pretty slow, so I could see all the tricks happen, but it was still really cool, and I was straight up his biggest fan after that recording. Now, the postscript to this, though, is that you got invited to the official... Houdini seance in 2010. Yeah, we were kind of buddies after this. So he was holding the official seance in New York City that year. That happens to be where I live. And so I went. So I showed up on Halloween at a place called Phantasma Magic. It was like a a magician toy store. And there's all these people sort of milling about and some chairs and a round table. And we're all sitting down watching this begin. And the medium says, we're short one person. Someone didn't show up. We need a volunteer. And of course, He looks right at me, and he says, you're young, fresh blood. Will you please join the inner circle? So you got to sit in on the seance and, like, hold everybody's hands. Yeah, all these people who'd been doing this for decades. So these are true believers all. Absolutely. And the medium says, if any of you don't actually believe, this will not work. So I've kind of felt bad about it because, you know, I mean, I'm a journalist. I, I ask questions. I don't know. I was game. I tried my best. But... It was a failure. Houdini didn't show up. And you feel responsible? Yeah, and it was Sid's last seance. He died seven months later. So in a way, you kind of ruined Sid's last seance. I may have. (laughs) Well, if nothing else, you helped prove Houdini right, that you can't contact somebody from the grave unless they do a StoryCorps interview. Thanks for the reassurance. (laughs) Jasmine, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. That's it for this Halloween episode of the Story Corpse podcast. And speaking of holidays, Thanksgiving is coming up, so don't forget about our great Thanksgiving listen. If you're a teacher or you know a teacher, you can help us. We want to record an entire generation stories in one weekend using our mobile recording app that you can get on your phones. We're trying to work with teachers to do this. So please let your friends who are teachers know, let your relatives who are teachers know, write to your old high school. Try to get as many people involved as you can. We have this huge goal. We want to double our archive in one weekend. So help us out. Go to our website, storycorps.org, to find out more. For the StoryCorps Podcast, I'm Michael Garofalo. Thanks for listening. Just one last reminder, for the most creative approaches to talking about economics, finance, and the way the world works, check out NPR's Planet Money. You can get it at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app.